Welcome to the second episode of Storm the Norm. I'm Narayan. I'm Anisha. And together we're thrilled to be back to bring you our fortnightly series on how to rewire for success in a disruptive world. What's Storm the Norm about? Why storm the norm in the first place? What's wrong with the norm? And is there any formula to storm the norm? These are the questions we'll explore and explode, taking different norms across the business landscape to see how businesses can rewire to succeed in a disruptive world. Hopefully, you caught our first episode where we looked at a big daddy norm. If you're too big to fail, you're too big to disrupt. So, Anisha, what's the norm we want to storm this week? Anti-incumbency is an unstoppable mega force. Of course, what can be more topical at this point, right? There's loud proof currently of the norm being stormed in India. Yes, we are talking about Sunamo as it's being hailed popularly. Modi and BJP as the incumbents were the norm. So how did they create the perfect storm to sweep back to power? And with an even more emphatic victory this time. And what can we learn from them to apply to the world of business? Great questions, Anisha. But I have, as usual, a more fundamental question. Why is anti-incumbency such a powerful force? You know, Narayan, let's explore it at a more fundamental level. It seems illogical on the face of it, but change for the sake of change is a truism across many aspects of life and business, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I'll outline three aspects, some contemporary and some timeless, that are behind this mega force. First, there is no big cost of promiscuous consumption. And this is amplified by the fact that there's nil or low exit load to get out of anything today. No penalty for impermanence. And this is fueled by a lust to collect as many experiences and to live life as a series of experiences. That's definitely a very contemporary take. Uh, Something that's more timeless. By nature, human beings are polygamists. It's only social rules and laws that restrict us to monogamy. Family, by birth or by marriage, is the only thing, you know, human beings can't change very frequently. We're going to be labeled troublemakers here. (laughs) And finally, an obsession with here and now, coupled with an even shorter satisfaction span. We just want to keep moving on and on with new stuff all the time. So, Anisha, it's obviously a powerful everyday life force underpinning behavior. But how does it apply to the world of business and brands? And that's the question I have in my mind. I mean, look at this, right? How many times has a good product been dumped just because the new one offers more excitement and better talk value? How many times has a perfectly satisfied user succumbed to the temptation of a new experience? I'll give you some examples. Look at phone brands today. Average ownership of a phone is less than 18 months. And with the number of brands proliferating in the market, consumers typically rotate out of a brand each time they buy a new phone. iPhone might be the only exception, but not by much. I changed my phone. iPhone. You are an anti-norm person all the way, right? (laughs) And at a minimum, most people have two options of any app on the phones so that no single brand gets complacent about its incumbency at any point. And it doesn't matter if you're a new age or an old economy brand. And finally, one category where it's quite visible is with telecom. Dual SIMs and mobile number portability mean that as a category dominated by prepaid users, telecom is witness to constant anti-incumbency. But the big disruption, Geo's entry, caused a true anti-incumbent wave against Airtel. And Vodafone. Categories as a whole are falling prey to the anti-incumbency syndrome, 
hotels being replaced by airbnb car ownership by uber and ola matrimonial sites by the likes of tinder and bumble and so on and on and the likes of olx have only fueled the disposable culture even more easy to get easy to move on from seems like the story of the day i've made up my mind anisha i'm going to be a challenger <laughs> frankly bucking anti incumbency seems like a really tough ask so what's an incumbent supposed to do Let's talk to our special guest rather than deliberating between us. Please welcome Mr. Rajiv Chaba, Managing Director of MG Motors in India. And congratulations on on both the new office and the new start to this. Uh, and thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you've been on both sides of the fence, right? You've you've been the incumbent when you were overseeing uh, GM's growth in its heydays in India, launching multiple successful cars. and now here you are uh, and coincidentally we also noticed that the name of the company you're not, you're now with is the opposite of who you were before you were with gm now you're with mg uh, and you're looking to be the anti anti incumbent that will storm the norm right Uh, so we want to first talk about the overall context of the automobile category because it seems like one of the most promiscuous categories right mm-hmm. you're happy with your car and then you switch the next time you go out and buy another car what do you think is going on over there i think i think automotive industry is full of contradictions in my opinion and uh, and actually if i can before i answer about from the perspective of the automotive uh, if i can generalize and maybe oversimplify i would say that there are all kinds of uh, consumers in the category so there are early adopters there are experimentative customers conservative customers mainstream customers so some guys keep trying they want to change and some guys over a period of time they 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 have a different kind of trust Uh, or loyalty towards a brand and they don't want to change that's right so so i would say i would say that uh, with the younger generation millennials coming in the tendency of experimentation has gone up mm. because everything is about experience these days right but coming to the automotive category and when i started i said that it's full of contradictions because how do you explain that two two top guys in the country maruti and hyundai hold 70% share yeah it means guys are repetitively buying their products yeah they're going back to maruti and hyundai yeah so this is in favor of incumbency yeah right yeah uh, but on the other hand things are changing and what we are trying to do right now we are saying we want to disrupt but important thing for disruption and different way of doing thing is that you need to stay relevant mm. to the consumer mm. and people need to appreciate what different you are trying to do mm. So uh I would say that in automotive category uh, still the jury is out if you are able to get trust and loyalty of the consumer and with the over a period of time they don't do that much experimentation mm. and trust and loyalty in automotive category you get from the whole cost of ownership the resale price and reasonably you are catching up to the latest in terms of product features design style and yeah. features If you do that I think still guys stick to you mm. because the newcomers are not able to give that kind of confidence on the overall life cycle management of their experience and vehicle. Mm. So for us uh, being an anti incumbent uh, yeah. in this position I think this is what we are trying to address now and we are saying hey we need to be disruptive. So that was a very couple of really interesting points you put out there right now 70% of the market is with two players. and it seems like the the deck is stacked in favor of the incumbents um and and you've been there when you were heading uh, gm as well right i mean like we discussed you launched multiple successful products right what lessons are there for the incumbents from from your synth there yeah. um 
that possibly the incumbents can can take home. On on the contrary, yeah. what lessons that you've learned from there uh, would you either apply or not apply yeah. where you are now? So in terms of car category, uh, I think the important thing is to 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 create that kind of a trust between you and the consumer. And what does that mean is that you know you may launch a good product, mm. good appealing sexy product mm. right you would enjoy the honeymoon period guys will try you out for some time there will be enough customers in the in the starting to give you a chance but then how do you sustain the momentum and that depends purely on certain functional aspects of this whole experience which is basically spare parts availability it talks about cost of ownership it talks about uh, resale price it talks about uh, good service it talks about network expansion more dealers more workshops uh, you know approachability and that's tough job mm. typically the newcomers mm. do not invest time into those things everybody mm. is talking about the product features and pricing mm, mm. people do not do dirty work <laughs> right and they don't go into the details yeah. and, and again which is a different aspect altogether most of the time you have expats yeah, in uh, in 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 uh, multinational positions so multinational companies who who probably uh, finish their assignment in few years and then they go and the next person again has to start from scratch so i think those are the learnings uh, you know from my automotive gm days uh, and and this is what we are trying to make sure that we don't do those kind of mistakes in fact i laugh and sometimes jokingly tell the guys that we can write a book on pattern of failure in the automotive <laughs> industry that we should not do certain things that way uh, uh, so again, coming back to uh, you know again to uh, two favorite examples of Hyundai and Maruti, you know they are able to uh, repeat their success. There, when they launch the vehicle, their sales keep going. If the product is good, their sales keep going up and up and up. Whereas in the other companies, their sales go up for the first three months to six months, depending on the honeymoon period, and then they crash. You know, so why it happens? Yeah. Because of again the whole. Yeah. whole cost of ownership experience and service and and resale price so i think that's a big learning that we need to make sure that we look at all aspects of ownership and try to create the trust uh, with the consumer and that creates the brand loyalty so it sounds very simple uh, sounds very bookish uh, it's difficult to easy to explain very difficult to execute because you need to really do a lot of work on the ground i think those are two super uh, insightful points you made and I'm picking up on. One is that, you know, uh, invest the time and the resource in the unsexy part of growing the business. Right. I think that's it, yeah. Right? Uh, and and like you're saying, it's not just in thinking that, but implementing it on ground. That's a cue that a lot of companies miss out on. But there's another one that actually I've not heard anybody else talk about, which you bring up, which is invest in permanence of strategy implementation in terms of the leadership. I mean, yeah. you're talking about the people who are leading this should not be people who come in and go out in a few right, years. Right. And multinationals tend to do that. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying that's a very overlooked factor. And I think that can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think the important thing here is that I think everybody needs to understand, especially from the multinationals perspective, that what uh, value each stakeholder brings in, mm -hmm. right? If you are providing, let's say, product expertise or engineering expertise, uh, the design expertise, you please provide that. Mm. But then let the locals manage uh, the execution part on the ground. Mm. Now you mm. don't have, so you bring all the stakeholders, be it experts or the local who are expert in their area, yeah. and then you have have that 
expertise from long term perspective not really you keep changing it but if suppose you say no my top man has to be outsider and my uh, the top um, even the sales guy has to be an outsider and who comes here for an experience or exposure of emerging market and goes back after 2 or 3 years that's a very very wrong strategy yeah. most of the companies don't get it and then that becomes one of the uh, reasons for failure because everybody who comes here tries to number one say that whatever was happened in the past was wrong and i'm trying to do the sort i'm trying to reset the clock and trying to do the things in a different way and after 2 3 years he leaves and our country is very complicated yeah. our country is not easy the yeah. diversity is huge right right so the, typically an expat in my experience in my humble opinion takes one year time to understand the country second year he tries to perform the job third year he is thinking of his assignment outside <laughs> so there is no sustainability of leadership at yeah. the top and then lots of indian indian people and indian employees are working in those companies and probably they are happy but is that company or their products in the top of the consumer mind my answer is no hmm. Hmm. that's very insightful okay i have one last question for you yeah. Uh, so, like I said, you've been on both sides, right? So you've been the incumbent. You, you're now the anti-incumbent. Do you prefer one over the other, and why? No, I think I'll not say that I'll prefer one over the other. The whole thing is that at every stage of your organization, uh, whether you are 20 years old or you're one year old or you're trying to enter, the questions you need to keep asking is that how would you stay relevant uh, to the changing needs of the consumer, mm. and also your consumer sometimes uh, psychographics and demographics are changing. So how do you uh, make those changes in your organization, and you are always agile and responsive. So the leadership is important in such uh, cases. Mm. So one of my favorites is to keep asking a question. what can go wrong yeah you know once in 3 months i think as all the senior leaders need to have this internal meeting with the top guys and say what can go wrong what can go wrong and talk about you know how would you fix it if something goes wrong so i think that thing is important uh, you can be and there are hundreds of examples overall uh, where uh, incumbent is there for many many years you know uh, and uh, and likewise you have many cases where yeah. they have been wiped off yeah. right so i'm lucky i would say that i got a chance to work into both kind of environments the beauty of uh, an startup or new environment is that you can do things uh, from scratch right. on a clean sheet of paper uh, you know without any baggage so that makes it uh, interesting right but otherwise i think leadership at both the places have to do their jobs and stay relevant sure okay i i went uh, attended this talk by the cmo of tencent corporation out of china and he was asked this question and i think you answered the question almost better than he did the question was how do you plan for disruption yeah. and his answer was you can't um, but what you can be is you can be paranoid yeah. who is going to replace me yeah and, and you know i want to give a very pertinent example so i was posted in egypt this okay. is before revolution okay. this is 2011 right so i was there in 2009 and 10 I used to ask this question so what can go wrong mm. right and there we realized that uh, so we had a distributor there and dealers there who were distributing our products and we said listen if something goes wrong we don't know what can go wrong but market will crash right mm. if something goes wrong market will crash if market crashes by let's say 30% 40% what would you do it means then we need to have flexibility in our production mm. we need to have that flexibility that we have contract employees and we have permanent employees so that you, likewise in distributor side you need to have that and then we should be able to stop our supplies uh, how do we make take care of the payment terms and finally um, at the end of the day we may have to have some liquidation money uh, to liquidate the product so if something goes wrong this is what you will do mm. trust me what happened 
the revolution happened. <laughs> the revolution yeah. in Egypt happened, yeah. which obviously none of us knew. Right. But we were ready for all the countermeasures, what goes wrong and the market crashes. So actually, we were one of the first ones to restart the factory because of all that flexibility which we are, and all the scenarios wow. which we had created. Okay. So our factory, uh, you know, that one of time GM Egypt was closed for only ten days, and on eleventh day our factory was uh, factory got opened and we oh, started wow. selling. Okay. So it's a great example of that. What can go wrong? Right. Kind of a thing. We right. don't know what will yeah. happen, yeah. but uh, I mean, oh, how, why will it happen? Yeah. But something will go wrong. Yeah. And in any business, as you know, that uh, uh, all the days are not same. You Absolutely. will go through ups and downs. Yeah. So as long as you have, I think, uh, a good communication within the team and all the stakeholders, good communication, good partnership, good trust, then together I think you can tide over it. Brilliant. Okay, it's been absolutely insightful and, a, and an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And thank you so much for making time. For Thanks us. a lot. Thank yeah. you very much. My thank pleasure. You. So let's put all the lessons together, shall we? Both from Narendra Modi's astonishing and overwhelming storming, as well as the lessons that our guest Rajiv Chaba shared with us. So if you are the incumbent these are my four tips to storm the norm. First, businesses should invest in intangibles because the tangibles are prone to parity very quickly. Incumbency shouldn't be equal to complacency. Change the game, change the rules on your terms. That's the first one. The second, don't seek or build for permanence. Even if you're building the great pyramid of Giza, use Lego bricks not giant immovable blocks of concrete okay third even as people seek change they may fear it or find it intimidating use it to your advantage stoke the insecurity and then be the continuity that they seek and finally when people ask for change what they are actually seeking is variety so asking for singular and permanent commitment is actually impractical instead keep providing multiple options over time and enable serial monogamy yes the phrase is serial monogamy it will stimulate the polygamous choice people want and prevent the boredom of monogamy from setting in so is that the big story of this episode anisha i'd say yes all right so let me play that back here's hashtag #stn number 2 enable serial monogamy i'll say that again enable serial monogamy because what people are seeking is not actually change but variety thanks for listening and look out for newer episodes every fortnight and you can find and share all episodes by just searching for the storm the norm podcast with anisha and narayan thank you